You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. And as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. So I wanted to take this time to thank all of you who uh, checked in on me this past week or over the course of the week. I know last week's episode was a little down and out, and some of you all were a little confused and a little concerned with my well-being and um, I'm fine. So I wanted to just thank you guys for just taking the time to really check in on me to see how I was doing. I really um, do appreciate you all. Um, You know, it's been a very difficult time and it's just been, you know, one of those seasons, everybody goes through a season, but this time it was just a little different and actually a little more concerning for myself. But um, you know, I def, I mean, I'm a believer in God and I know that sometimes even though you might not have the will or you might not have the spirit, um, to move forward that at the end of the day, God is in control and it's his hands who's directing, you know, all of our paths. Um, but I am doing a lot better. I'm happy to report. I am doing a lot better. I'm not going to lie and say I'm 100%. I'm not 100% where I need to be where I should be. But I am doing a lot better from last week's episode. Uh, a little more positive and then just learning to take things in stride. You know, I've said this on several um, episodes before, you know, a lot of times we are the hardest on ourselves and we give ourselves these unrealistic deadlines. We give ourselves the, you know, we put this pressure on ourselves that no one else is actually, you know, putting on. Sometimes, you know, we're under pressure because people are putting pressure on us. But I find that a lot of times, especially those of us who are professionals, we, I don't know if it's because we're just used to working under such, such, you know, constraints and such pressured environments that it's just, I don't know, innate for us to do it for ourselves. I don't know what it is, but a lot of times we put the stress on ourselves and it's really unnecessary. Um, I will say that aside from my wonderful support systems, my friends, my family members, and my podcast listeners, um, I would say that one of the things that really kind of uh, steered me in a different direction this week. Um, so I'm, you know, trying to revamp the Frida's World website, you know, in its current state, it's up, but it's not really what it needs to be. And so I was fortunate enough to um, be introduced to a wonderful woman who is helping me put all of that together. And so for those of you who are, who've been following my social media here and there, I'm like posting little behind the scenes clips of, you know, some things that I'm working on. And so I'm definitely fortunate to, you know, have had that happen this past weekend, you know, this photo shoot that kind of re-inspired me in a sense and kind of pointed me in the right direction and, and kind of was a, assurance that, you know what, things are going to be okay. You're on the right path. Things are going to work out. But in preparation for, I guess, the relaunch of the website and really just, you know, solidifying and making Frida's World podcast stronger, um, I had to revamp a biography of myself for, for the website. So I've had, I've had a bio, you know, 
a lot of us have bios out there. <laughs> you know, it's nothing crazy. Um, I have a biography that just talks about who I am and, you know, the business and my career path and all this other stuff. Um, but I wanted it to be something that was, you know, not just eye catching, but something that kind of told a story. A lot of times when we sub when we submit bios, they're kind of very rigid, you know, went to this school, did this, did that. So I wanted this since it's a creative venture, right? The the podcast, the website, I wanted it to, to be something that was more of a story, and so I had somebody, in a sense, revamp, re not really rewrite, but just re revamp the my biography to make it something that told a story that that really shared with you all who I really am. And when I read it, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I am kind of a big deal." Maybe not to everybody else, but to myself, I was like, "I have done a lot, and I'm doing a lot, and I'm actually not." that bad. <laughs> and it was reading that, that kind of just reassured me of who I am. And it almost made me want to kick myself like, Rita, what the hell is your problem? Like I'm reading the words and I'm, I'm falling in love with myself on paper. And I'm just like, why, why do you, you know, beat yourself up so much. Like you, I'm looking at these words and the things that I've done and the things that I know that I'm going to be accomplishing because they're already on my heart. They're already in my mind. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, why, why am I like this? And so that kind of gave me a little bit of a boost as well too, because I was able to see on paper, like who I am and how, you know, and also like what people think of me as well too, because some of these, you know, this bio was like bits and pieces of bios that I've collected over the years. And so I guess one of the things that I would say to all of you is that when you are in, you know, experiencing moments of self-doubt and you're feeling that you're less than and you're wondering whether or not you belong, whether you don't belong and you just don't feel significant, um, check, you know, I don't know, look, look at your biography or, or maybe, or for one, for those of you who don't have biographies out there, create one and then have like a copywriter or somebody like, you know, jazz it up a little bit and keep it in a drawer or save it on your phone or on your computer or whatever. So that when you are feeling as if you are nothing and, you know, nothing's going on with you and, and you're just feeling so low and like you haven't accomplished anything, Pull out that biography and reintroduce yourself to yourself. I guarantee you it will actually make you feel a lot better and it will serve as a reminder as to who you are um, and what you're destined for. So that's one advice that I can give. And I would also say that's probably my highlight of the week too. You know, I try to share a highlight of the week just so that I can keep myself grounded um, in who I am and what my, you know, what it is that I'm supposed to be doing because I'm still trying to figure out what my actual purpose is in this life. Um, but that would be a highlight of my week. The fact, you know, re, you know, receiving that, you know, finished copy of my biography and reaffirming, um, you know, certain things to myself. And then I guess also the photo shoot that took place over the weekend. Um, 
you know, it was just to see that there are people in my corner. You know, my my girlfriend came out to be part of the photo shoot. Shout out to Lizzie Cakes, Elizabeth Fever, <laughs> um, who came out to the photo shoot and was part of the photo shoot. And to Shandis um, Hibbert, who is putting together my website and all this other stuff and just really giving me some real direction as to um, Frida's World podcast, social media wise, et cetera. Um, just being out there and having people being part of this project and seeing its potential definitely, you know, served, I guess, as my highlight or my highlights, because I kind of named two things um, of my week. And I think all of those little things is kind of what put me in a better um, mental space and in just, you know, just in a, in a, I mean, I, happy is still, to, you know, a word that's, eh, I don't know if I want to use that, but in a better position. The other thing I will say, though, is um, being healthy is really important because I had gotten some blood work back that in the, that showed that I was deficient in some areas and also, um, you know, suggested that I need to be taking my vitamins and, and just in the different areas that I was deficient, I was like, you know, the fatigue, the memory loss, you know, the crazy, you know, the, the crazed feelings or, or, or thoughts or whatever. Um, some of that deprivation of vitamins, um, I guess, all of that is related in like, I guess, how I was also feeling about myself and things that were going on. So one of the things that I aim to do in the next couple of weeks is to get a medical professional on the show. I actually already spoke to her and she's going to do it. We just need to figure out when, um, but an actual doctor, you know, medical doctor, MD, um, is going to come on and talk about the importance of, you know, being healthy and, and making sure that you're keeping up with your, uh, yearly annual checkups and, you know, just the importance of following a, a regime, eating healthy. If you, you know, if you are actually, if, even if you're not deficient, taking supplements, taking vitamins every day, because we all don't eat the way we need to be eating. Um, and, and for even those of us who have went down the vegan route, the vegetarian route, you know, we're still depriving ourselves of, of some, of some of these, um, you know, nutrients that we need. And some of those nutrients can be found in the supplements. So um, I think it's really important for um, us to really be healthy because all of that affects your mental state as well too. It affects your energy. It affects a lot of different things. And so now that I'm sitting back and trying to figure out how, you know, how did I get where I am now, like in terms of like my, my state of being, like what contributed to this? All of those have a hand in it, you know, just not necessarily being at the healthiest, not really exercising as much as I used to, being deficient and needing supplements, um, you know, things like that. So, um, so it's for today's show, <laughs> now that I've gone through all of that, which is a show in and of itself. Um, today, I kind of wanted to touch on um, something that I brought up at, you know, on the last episode, and that was the the anxiety that some of us are feeling, you know, working within the corporate spaces, that lack of job security. It's come up several times in conversations with my friends. And it's something that I feel like, you know, we really need to address because at the end of the day, we can't be walking around with this fear that at any point we're going to lose our jobs, even if we're doing amazing work, simply because we're working in corporate, you know, in a corporate setting. 
And so what I've realized um, over the course, you know, the last couple of weeks, really, of starting this new job in this purely corporate, you know, corporate environment um, is that you have to set yourself apart. You have to stand out and you have to do what it takes um, to be different in a sense. Good, different, not bad, different. We don't want to be bad, different. It takes work to set yourself apart. It takes work to be valuable. And I think that what tends to happen with a lot of us, we enter into these spaces, you know, we, we assume our position, right? We assume the title and we, we make sure that we master the job description that was associated with our title when we were hired. And we're like, all right, I've, I've mastered this and now I can coast. Now I can sit back and I can relax. I don't have to work any harder because I'm meeting all of the expectations. I'm meeting all of the quotas that were expected of me. And I feel like that's where we put ourselves at a great disadvantage because in this day and age, you know, <laughs> there, I feel like there isn't job security anywhere, even though the government was a little less, um, less stringent, I would say there isn't job security anywhere, you know, in that it might not be that you'll lose your job altogether, but you know, in terms of, I guess, even, um, you know, your future isn't maybe not necessarily secured in terms of promotions and whatnot. When you allow yourself to be complacent in your role, I find that now a day it's important to to make yourself valuable, to be indispensable in a sense. Although we know in reality, you know, when it comes to corporate, I guess everybody's indispensable at some point. But you guys got you you know what I'm talking about. You make yourself so valuable that it's hard for them to let you go. Like even if the company were to uh, you know, shut down, that you your skills and, and what you've brought to the table uh, transcends this corporation in which, you know, competitors or somebody else is willing to pull you out because of the name that you've made for yourself. And so in my in this particular, you know, industry that I've entered into. I'm like, I need to be at the top of my game, not just simply doing the work that I've been tasked to do, but going above and beyond, making myself valuable to the company, looking to see what is it, you know, what is it that I can do? What can I do that, you know, I can, in a sense, you know, create for myself? Like, where can I carve out a little niche for myself? And it doesn't have to be anything that's so extraordinary, so out of this world. I mean, something to the effect of just being a Excel guru can be enough, depending on, you know, what industry you're working for, what your office setting is. Something is being, at, you know, the expert in Excel and, 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 and PowerPoint and different things like that. And those type of um, administrative skills that a lot of people claim that they have. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of us are like, yeah, proficient in Microsoft Office. And what we really can do is just open up a Word document and, you know, put some stuff in a spreadsheet. But we're really not like rock stars when it comes to that. Something as little as just mastering that, taking the extra time to learn how to put together a deck, how to put together a real presentation, May, you know, can set you apart. Um, you know, I'm an attorney and negotiation is something that a lot of people struggle with. Not many people are great negotiators. Everybody assumes that because you're a lawyer, you automatically have these skills. You can argue well and all this extra stuff. And that's not really true. And so for me in this industry, I noticed that negotiation from day one tends to be one of the major skill sets that's needed because that's what 
seems to be happening here. Everything is a tit for tat. Everything is a negotiation. So for me, I already put it in my mind, oh, I'm going to be the best negotiator, not just for this company, but in that this industry, you know, has heard of this side of the Mississippi. And so what am I doing to make sure that I am that go-to person where they're like, we have a contract that we need to bargain or we need to negotiate. Who can we bring in this room? Rita Pierre. How do I get there? How do I do that? Taking the extra hours, whether it be at night, whether it be on my train ride, whether it be on the weekend, to pick up some books on learning, you know, different negotiation tactics. What are there any podcasts out there? Are there any radio shows out there? Are there any, you know, journals out there that can, you know, elevate me or give give me what I need so that I can be that, you know, top negotiator? Um you know, or, you know, and once I have those tools, can I take it a step further? Maybe I can do some simulations with friends, reach out to, you know, colleagues and other people within the field that I can, you know, uh, pick their brain and maybe do a mock simulation and actually practice. Like that's, though, that's the level of dedication I think that's needed in order to really rise above the occasion and to be more than your position. Like you can't, we have to get past just assuming the role now. We have to go above and beyond and work as if, you know, we're 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 indispensable. Um, and it's interesting because I know I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show. Um, you know, I have one of my friends who she left, you know, government as in, as ah, and is in corporate, um, and she's like, you know. She loves the fact that she made the jump because it's to- it's a totally different industry and corporate is a little more invigorating at times. You know, there's a lot of hustle and bustle going on, um, but it's definitely cutthroat. And, you know, especially with her, she went into an industry that she had no idea, you know, what it was about. Didn't I mean, she had the core skill sets because she was an attorney by trade. But in terms of like, what is this industry? She had to go in learning. What is this industry? What is expected of me here? Once she figured out what was expected of her, she now was like, okay, I'm going to go above and beyond. So how do I go above and beyond? I got to stay late. I got to make sure that I don't just make my numbers. I need to exceed my numbers. And by doing so, she was able to stand out and become top of her like group, which is crazy because this is not her industry. And you've had people who were working in that industry for years and years and years being surpassed by this, you know, lawyer who came out of nowhere in this, in, in this, in this financial area that's, that has nothing to really do with what she's done in the past. But then because of the corporate structure, layoffs have been happening and she's still standing. Why? Because she was able to pull something out of her arsenal of skills, like out of her little skills basket that she's acquired from her past experiences. She had a writing, a, a, a writing skill. She had this, this, you know, this um, knack for writing that was seen as valuable to the company. So much so, they moved her to a different group where she was solely focused on, you know, um, you know, writing tasks. And it's interesting because the group that she was, I guess, removed from. I don't know if there, if there's even one person still remaining. But as the layoffs continue and it's becoming more and more stressful and the job security is 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 really almost not there, the fact that she was able to, you know, to showcase a skill of hers 
the uh, fact that she was able to set herself apart from the others who have been doing this work for such a long time. And the fact that she is, you know, she was smart enough, at, you know, to say, you know what, I can't just meet the numbers. I need to be better. I need to exceed the numbers. That's what, you know, has has her still employed in this particular industry. And so it's really, really important for us to move away from this, you know, complacency. And I get it, you know, a lot of a lot of us have been working for years and we're like, man, we just want to get to a place where we we know what we're doing. We we got a grasp of it, and then let's just coast. Let me just you know shut that that computer down at four thirty five o'clock and make my way out. But that's not what's going to get you noticed. That's not what that's not what's going to give you that job security in the end when things start to go you know awry at the workplace. And so, with doing that, I find that by Creating, you know, some sort of, I don't know, some sort of route to indispensability, if that's a word, it tends to ease some of the anxieties that we've, you know, in a sense, put on ourselves, right? Because now you're working toward a goal, like your work, you have a plan of action and you're working toward that action. So that's what you're focused on. You're not focused about all of these people who are losing their jobs around you. You're focused about being the best at what you can do, figuring out what else can you be an expert at? What else can you do at this place? Um, I feel like that is what kind of helps assuage in a sense the anxieties of, you know, the lack of job security that a lot of us, you know, see in our corporate spaces. Um, you know, stepping outside the box and and stepping in as stepping into new roles, volunteering. I find that the art of volunteering is something that is lost. Like nowadays, nobody wants to volunteer for anything. If there's not a dollar sign attached to the extra work, we don't want to do it. And for me, what I would say to all of you listening is that, yeah, you might not see the extra money in your checking now, but you don't know what opportunities might lie for you above and beyond or more than, you know, the extra change that you're going to see in your paycheck after, you know, Uncle Sam and friends take over. Um, For example, you know, where I'm working now, I have a particular title. I have a particular, you know, set of tasks that I need to accomplish. But there's an opportunity in a sense for me to grow and expand. Why? Because somebody somebody is leaving, And so instead of just, you know, saying, okay, well, I'm just going to stick to what I need to do. Nobody asked me to step into any other roles. Nobody asked me to help out. I was like, you know what? I see that there are some trainings that need to be done. I can do them. You know, let me help the transit. Let me help everybody transition um, and let me step up and do these trainings. I am more than capable of doing them. I can handle it. And while you're at it, let me sit down with you and learn some of your tasks, some of your you know, um, some of your duties or whatever, because you're going to be leaving and there's going to be a little gap. So if I can, you know, make the transition easier for the next person to come in, if I can make sure that operations are still moving smoothly while we're out, you know, of, you know, an extra employee for the next couple of weeks, let me do that. And it's not just to be like, oh, let me be seen. But these are other skills that I'm going to be able to put into my basket of skills that might help me later on, that might help me in my route to indispensability. I think I'm saying that right. I'm going to keep saying it anyways, but in any event. 
And when you're when you start assuming these roles, like you start, you know, you start feeling like a boss. You start you start feeling more confident because you're you're in a sense managing something. It's it, you might not be. You know, you might not be a manager, but you're managing your path. You're managing, you know, your future in a sense in this particular place because you have a roadmap. You have a a goal and the goal is to make myself indispensable, to make myself valuable. Um, and I would encourage all of you, you know, to just step out sometimes, like, Step out and step, you know, step into new roles, go above and beyond what's expected of you. Uh, Because I will say that in every, you know, situation that I've observed somebody do just that, you know, go above and beyond their call of duty, I've never seen them, you know, you know, on their like thrown out on their tail. I've always seen them, if they haven't been promoted, they've been recognized in some way, shape, or form, whether it be with a with, you know, elevation within that particular organization, or they've been seen or they've been, uh, I can't speak today, they've been observed by others outside of their institutional organization and they've been rewarded that way. You never know who's you know, watching. You never know who's going to be your next supervisor. And in my case, my old boss became my new boss because my old boss, you know, who hired me at my other job left. And then when she left and then there was opportunities for growth where she was, she reached back and brought me into this, to my new role now. And so you never know, you know, who's watching you. So, you know, this, let me just do the bare minimum business. If, I mean, if that's the person you are, then that's the person you are. But if you are, you know, worried about job security, you're worried about, you know, where your future might lie because you're seeing all these things happening. The economy is going crazy. There's word of a recession. You know, you need to do what you need to do to make yourself valuable so that people know what, you know, what your skills are and and, and they can, you know, rely on them in a sense. And so I think that that's really going to help. At least for me, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been saying things like, oh, I don't know, you know, it's so different. It's, I mean, I love the opportunity. However, there is this anxiety within me um, that, that's, that's, you know, I can't help but experience this anxiety because it's, at, you know, it's somewhere in my subconscious, it's in me. And, you know, I think that, in speaking to others, you know, speaking to mentors, speaking to friends, um, you know, just putting, putting, I guess, my fears out there, I was able to really gain some insight as to the world of corporate, gain some more insight as to, you know, what I can and cannot do in spaces. A lot of times we limit ourselves. We think that, you know, we're just confined to the job description and we're just confined to the title and the actual role. And we don't take opportunities to step out and to show that we are more than capable of doing what's, you know, what's on the paper. And I think that if we implement, if we, if we all create, you know, a little, you know, create some sort of, you know, I don't know, roadmap for yourself, you know, how, how can I be the best that I can truly be? What does it take? And, and you start actually doing what it takes. If that means taking some extra hours over the weekend to learn, you know, Excel to learn, I keep saying Excel because I've never had to use Excel or I've never had to, I've never seen so many spreadsheets in my life until I got to this particular job. So in my opinion, 
you know, what I've, uh, I guess, assumed is that Excel is, is, is going to be a friend of mine, whether I like it or not. And so I need to learn how to master it. I need to, to learn how to, you know, be the best at it. I, I don't want that to be a crutch. I also see that PowerPoint presentations might also be, you know, my second best friend. And although I'm not that bad in PowerPoint, there is a lot of neat things that people are doing with PowerPoint. And I want to be that person to wow, you know, my, my team, my staff, the other managers, um, in a presentation that I may or may not have to do. Like I want to be able to be the best at my game. So I am known like Rita is on point with everything that she does. You know, Rita is available to, you know, go above and beyond. Rita is more than a boss, you know, like that's, that's what I, I think that that's, that's what would make me feel good. And that's what would make me feel secure in my role, you know, in the institution and whatnot. And so for those of you out there who are worried about, you know, the job security and in some of your, in some instances, rightfully so, (laughs) um, I tell you this, yes, you're going to, I'm not going to tell you not to worry. You're going to worry. We're, we're, we're human beings. I'm a worry ward by nature. I could tell you all these things now. I'm still going to worry a little bit, but I have a plan. I have a plan to overcome, you know, this fear that I have, these, you know, this anxiety that I have of, you know, the corporate world and what and what goes on in corporate, especially when you've been a government employee, city employee, you know, nonprofit employee for most of your career, it's definitely difficult to just switch over. And the culture shock is real. The culture, the culture shock is very real. Um, but I am, I will say this though, I am enjoying my new role. I'm enjoying the opportunities that I see before me. I enjoy, I'm enjoying going above and beyond, um, and ensuring and cementing, you know, my, (laughs) my, um, presence at this particular, you know, location. And so, um, this definitely is sounding like a better podcast than last week in terms of, you know, um, how I'm feeling. But also, I really hope that this kind of helps some of you all who are really going through it right now and who really have these fears. Like I speak to my friend every day and it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's it's just fear, you know, fear after fear after fear. Every every week there are like, you know, 10, 15 people like being laid off and it's crazy. But the one thing I can say that I think gives her a little bit of um, reassurance you know, um, you know, amidst all of these firings is that she has, she's made herself indispensable to the point where even bosses of hers have been let go and she has not been let, you know, she has not been let go yet. So that definitely, I think is a testament to what I'm saying. You have to find out what that niche, that niche is that you can create for yourself. You have to find out, you need to maybe sit back and observe the operations a little bit, figure out where, what is lacking in this organization and how can I step in to fill in that gap and to be that person that it's like, no, we cannot get rid of her because she's needed here. So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Frida's World. I actually feel so good doing this episode. Like I feel, I don't know, there's like a, a jolt um, going through me right now. I feel a lot more positive doing this. And so I just want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Frida's World. Please, please, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. We are on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, 
iHeartRadio. Um, definitely share it with your friends in order for us to, you know, get to the next level. We need to share the podcast. And if you guys are wanting to be guests on the show, send me an email at Frida's World. No. I keep giving you guys the wrong stuff <laughs> at Rita at Frida's world.com Frida's world at gmail.com is still in existence, but you know, we're trying to be more professional now. So Rita R I T H A at Frida's world.com. Or you could slide up in my DMs on Instagram at Frida F R E E D A S underscore world. Um, and let me know what you think about the show. Let me know if you want to be a guest on the show and that's a wrap. Have a great week, everyone. It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world.